welcome back to Leaderlink Podcast. This is Charles. And I'm Josh. Today we're going to touch on the subject of discipline in the workplace. Charles, discipline is something I do with my children. Why would I need to do it in the workplace with adults? That's a good point. We should just end the podcast right there. Thank you. See you guys next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I think all of us require discipline at some point, don't you think? Absolutely. So I want to, before I, I think a lot about this, um, but I want to hear what your, how would you define discipline? Well, I don't know what the, the, actually the dictionary term is, but no, no, not not off the top of my head. No, I, um, but I guess from my, from my definition, it would be providing correction to prevent future errors. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I see discipline as one side of an expression of love, right? Yeah. Yeah, because and again, I think about this mostly in the context of having my children. Um, that was a, my chair moving, not a fart. <laughs> <laughs> a good father does not discipline his kids because he hates them, but because he loves them. Right, and, and the you know uh, the this may be an extreme and silly example, but if your child is running across a busy street. And you refuse to intervene by disciplining to keep them from doing it in the future. You're not loving your child because you're not seeking their highest good. Sometimes you have to limit things or correct things in order for a better thing to emerge. And I think that's where discipline really is not understood. Discipline is not for the sake of tearing somebody down. It's for the sake of helping them to get to a higher place or a better good. Um... And therefore, discipline has to come from a place of love because love is seeking yeah. the highest good of the object of the affection, right? Um, yeah, I think that's such a good point. And so you you loving people, and again, not in a, in a, in a romantic right. way, but you caring genuinely about a person and their potential is really a loving action. And discipline is a necessary, it is a necessary piece of love. Yeah. yeah, and based on those definitions, that is a leader responsibility. I think absolutely to, to love your people and to discipline when necessary. Correct. It is. It is almost a intrinsic, fundamental reality of being in a leadership role, whether that is as a parent or a um, a leader in a workplace, wherever you're at, where you have any kind of loving responsibility for someone, uh, even from a it doesn't come across the same way, but even from a, a like a peer standpoint, like me and my spouse, right? Me and Sarah, sometimes we quote unquote have to discipline each other because we love each other and we want the best for each other. And sometimes that means saying this is not the best case scenario, right? Um, I don't, I can't really punish my wife necessarily. No, she assaults she, me. Yeah, right. Yeah. She just takes <laughs> yeah. it on you. <laughs> but does that make sense? Like it, yeah. it doesn't really matter what, what situation you're in, this is something that just happens intrinsically if you care about someone. That's a, that's profound. You know, if, if you care about someone and, and so to kind of continue that conversation from why you would need to discipline, cause that's really what we've been talking about just now Absolutely. is why yeah. to how. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is where I think a lot of people get caught up. Absolutely. Because I think, I think even if you don't per, 
perceive leadership coming from a place of love and again not romantic but of actual love for your people caring about their best interests yeah <clears throat> anybody in a leadership position either has or will have to discipline their direct report yeah. or reports at some point and and it as, as somebody who's been there on on both sides of it right it's not fun no you know yep it is never fun to be told you've done something incorrect or wrong or that will hurt you or the organiz- the organization right mm-hmm. um, and, and from so many standpoints like I don't I don't think anybody craves being a failure right um, nobody's just like man I'm so glad that I dropped the ball on that or I'm so glad I messed this up so so there's just the the self guilt and shame and then there's the nobody really likes to get chided even even the even the best coaching conversations i've ever either had or been a been the recipient of you never walk away from there going yippee right that was so much fun right so it's just a difficult thing to do um and there's no there's no there's no glamour to discipline let me say it that way right um and we in our culture today absolutely shy away from anything resembling potential offense to someone um to 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 an absurd extent i agreed yeah 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 Yeah. and who knows what all the reasons could be for that but i'll tell you personally um again i work at a church i have direct reports um and when you work that closely with people you build rapport you build friendships you build like we're a team we work together yeah so I am not of the propo- I'm not a proponent of don't be friends with your employees, right? I I I think that's just silliness. Um, but it does make it more difficult to have those hard conversations when they have to come. Yeah. Uh, and you just don't want to cuz you don't want to I value that friendship and if I if I have this conversation is it going to break that friendship? Now, I will tell you in now 13 years of ministry um Ten of which I've had people serving under me in some way, shape, or form. Um, I've never had a conversation at this point where a where a relationship has been absolutely breached because of a discipline conversation. Um, I've had people be mad at me. I've had you know this the quiet treatment for a time, but most of the time, it's not that extreme. Most of the time, people respond not positively, but they respond well. Um, and I've never lost a friendship over a coaching or discipline conversation I've had to have, despite the fact that it's hard and I never want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people don't like being disciplined. And, and I think the, I think that as the employee who's being disciplined, sometimes it's easy to forget how difficult it is for the leader to have that conversation. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you know, I've seen, I've seen the mistake of, of people going into leadership positions and taking uh, one extreme or the other in term, meaning that they either try and be everyone's friend or they try and come in and they're the new sheriff in town. Right. And, and it's, and there's very little middle ground. Yeah. And I, I personally believe that either, both of those are, uh, are, are a mistake in right. the approach. You, you have to, you have to be approachable, but you also don't have to tell people that you have the authority. They know you have the authority. Right. So, um, so I think, and 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think probably the reason that you've been able to successfully manage those is you have the conversation knowing that the outcome of that conversation, you still want to have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the reason for the discipline is because it's for the employee's benefit, but also for the organization's benefit. And I'm imagining you did some research going into it. Sure. I mean, you have to be thoughtful when you do these conversations. That's just a given. You bringing in, not to beat people over the head, but bringing in kind of the hard statistics, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. is a good thing. Hard and, statistics is a good way yeah. to say it, yeah. But you do have to be real careful how you wield that because, I don't know, I don't know about you, if you've ever gotten in a fight with your wife where the scorecard comes out, <laughs> right? Because that can happen in, a, in, a, in an organization too. The employee can fire right back at you and go, well, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. So, which, again, right, wrong, or indifferent on their part you do have to kind of, you have to be careful how you wield that. But it is something that I think is necessary to bring into the conversation. We've, we've noticed a pattern of this, right? Um, And it's this specific thing. It's happened over and over again. You've, you've not followed through on this task. And I think the other big thing, Charles, that we, and we've talked about this a lot, just and probably on this podcast too. I think you, before you get into this conversation, you've got to try real hard to sympathize with the person you're about to have the conversation with. Because almost every coaching conversation or discipline conversation I've had, I've either had given to me or I should have had given to me, right? Because I've dropped balls before. I've had patterns where I've failed to accomplish things. I've I've been, I've done just about everything you can do wrong from the standpoint of being an employee or a report to somebody else. And I still do things wrong, right? There are areas in my job that I'm not as passionate about as others, so I don't do as much on those. It's just it's just the way it works, right? Um, yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about all those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, after this, maybe we can have a practice a muck. Uh, there we go. Coaching yeah. conversation. Yeah. But does that make sense? Like you walk into that going, here's the deal. I'm I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But but because. This is, a, again, a, a relationship that I care about and because I care about this organization and because I care about the, the quote-unquote product that your work is accomplishing. We need to get this right, right? Yeah, and I, so much to unpack there. I, the, the two-way communication piece of that, I think, is, is something that some leaders may not feel as comfortable with. Right. Uh, you know, so they may approach discipline as a one-way conversation you've done this you've not done this you need to be better at this or the list goes on uh you made this mistake um but approaching it with with a sense of humility and 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 the recognition that uh, no i'm not perfect just because my i have a certain rank um, or a level in the hierarchy that does not make everything i do right in fact most organizations have multiple levels in the hierarchy, you know, for organizational reasons, but also for this reason as well to, to hold people accountable. And I say the research part of it because as somebody who has had to enact discipline on people who um, have strong personalities uh, or do have more age than me, right. 
certain people, and I'm not going to share who obviously, but have, have really challenged me. Yeah. Um, and, and even though I had that rank and the positional power, they, I remember several occasions where I was challenged and luckily I had done my research. Um, and so I was able to walk them through it. Yeah. Um, ironically, one of those individuals later promoted to Sergeant and, uh, I learned had some similar issues with, with their direct reports. So, uh, I don't know, hopefully that conversation maybe influenced the way they handled <laughs> this. I, I don't know. I've, yeah. I've never looked into it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a good point. You can, <clears throat> especially as a younger leader. And again, there's always going to be people, almost always going to be people that are older and more experienced than you in the organization that you're leading probably. Right? Yeah. Um, and that can be intimidating <laughs> and they can try to intimidate you. But if you have the, I know the facts of the situation. It does make it a little bit, it gives you more confidence to, to again, I, I'm trying not to be, I don't want, I don't want to communicate this as an arrogance or an aggressiveness or, but it allows you to assert yourself because you are the leader, right? Um, and, and whether you're peers or partners or whatever, you have the mantle of responsibility and thus you have the mantle of discipline because again, you care about the person you care about the organization and you care about the product. So in law enforcement, it's not just the fact that you care about your officers that you're serving as their leader and you care about the PD, but you also care about the citizens that y'all are serving and protecting. Yeah. Like you you got to think about the end result too, right? It's not just the company. It's the, it's the product we're giving. Right. And, and, and that, that why is, is a crucial part of discipline, Yeah, um, which just as, as an example from law enforcement, one of the first times I was disciplined uh, and actually had to give the same discipline uh, once I promoted was uh, driving too fast without lights and sirens. And as the front line, you think, well, I'm trying to catch the bad guy, right? <laughs> like I ha- I'm trying to accomplish the organizational mission, right? But I'm looking at it from a, from a lower level perspective at that point, from a leadership perspective, somebody who has to enact that discipline. Okay. Well, yes, you are. Yeah. However, yeah. there are other citizens in the city. And if, if you, <laughs> if they're not aware of your presence, meaning they're not seeing the lights, right. hearing the sirens and you cause injury to that person, you are liable. We are liable. Sure. Um, and it could have been preventable. So understanding that why and being able to communicate the why, and that also goes to, your perspective of the conversation and of the individual. We're not labeling the individual as a bad individual because of discipline. Right. This isn't a absolutely a good, bad thing. This is that behavior just needs to be right. Corrected. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hate when cops drive the speed limit in their cars. Oh, I do too. Cause you just like, just go fast or go slow. Because then everybody's going to pace themselves with you and it's going to stop traffic. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, I used Oh my to- gosh, though. As a, as a cop, <laughs> uh, well, previously, <clears throat> it was frustrating when there's certain calls you cannot drive lights and sirens okay. to because it, because it actually is just dangerous. Sure. Um, in fact, I hated doing it because people don't know what to do. Yeah. In fact, la- last night, Jen and I were coming home from a from a comedy show. We saw Don McMillan. Nice. Hilarious. And uh, I guess my phone was off when y'all decided to do that. 
no. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was a state trooper going down uh, President George Bush Highway, yeah. and there were there were cars in all of the lanes, and this trooper had to have been going 110, mm. and he gets to that grouping of cars, and no one knew what to do. Yeah, what do we? Yeah, it's like. Go to the right. Slow down, pull over. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Just but, move but, out of the way. But they just like slowed down. And, and as somebody who used to be in that position, I remember getting so frustrated yeah. that people don't know what to do right. when an emergency vehicle is behind you. So you let them go. Because typically the MO is let's get right behind them and go fast with them. Oh. Anyways, okay. one one final thought as we <laughs> close this on two way communication, because I think this is this is kind of the crux of I know what you're passionate about and what J and C leadership consulting ultimately is you know, wanting to train people in is crisis communication, right? Right. Um, but when you're in those discipline conversations, here's the deal. Let's say you have an employee that's coming in late. It's a pattern, right? And, okay, it's time to have the discipline conversation. It's time to have the coaching conversation. Sit down with them. Hey, man, I've just, I've noticed you've been, you know, start time is 830. You've been coming in around 915 every day, you know, every Wednesday for the past, you know, I don't know, whoever knows how long, right? What's, you know, What's going on? And I think that's the question you ask is what's going on, right? Not you're a bad employee. You are failing at your task because maybe something is happening in their life, right? Maybe their their spouse is something happened to them and they're having to go to the hospital on Wednesday mornings for chemo. And so dad has to drop the, or the, you know, the, the employee has to drop the kid off at the, at the school. And it's, and for some reason, instead of, sharing that information, they just have kept it a secret. Now, again, the discipline conversation has to happen, but I think if you just run in there and go, you know what, you're a bad employee, and you said it, right? It's not a good, bad thing. It's, you're, you know, if you, you've been, this is a pattern that you've established what's going on. Help me understand why knowing 8.30 is the start time you've been coming in late um, and allowing those people to have the emotions that they need to have in that conversation without feeling like you're going to attack them. Right. Well, I think we, we covered it. In one of the last episodes of season three, there's, there's been kind of a, an unwritten rule. And in some cases, maybe even a written rule that, you know, emotions and personal life are a separate thing from yeah, the workplace. Right. And it's, it's all too often that things going on in your personal life, will influence your professional life. Sure. Like you said, I mean, you, we don't know what's going on at home and building that social capital with your employees. Hopefully during that time, you learn personal things right. about them. Um, some employees may be resistant to, to sharing details right. like that. Um, but, but yeah, caring about, that employee's life yeah. uh, and, and giving them an opportunity to explain. Cause I think sometimes there are good excuses for behaviors. I, I guess think. it depends. Yeah. I think, like I said, sometimes there is, it's, it's like not what? always. Like give me an example. If, if, and again, this is, this is such an extreme case, but let's say, Sarah has something happened to her and she has to go in Wednesday mornings for, um, some kind of treatment or whatever it might be, or she has to take her mom in for a treatment. And that, that makes me then have to take the kids to school 
which means I'm not going to get to work till later than normal. But I'm a personal, private person, and I don't want to share that with the world. <clears throat> That's, in my opinion, like the discipline conversation then at that point is not, hey, man, you're coming in late, but you, you know you can come to me and we can we can adjust things. This is not a, your, your, in, your start time is not a life or death thing for our company, necess- you know, depending on the position, right? So... I would see that as being a very good excuse for why you're coming in late, but my thing, my my follow up to that would be like, come to me next time. We can we can figure this out together. Right? I think so many people, and you're right. It depends on the company, depends on the type of organization, but I think by and large there are there are ways to work around those kinds of situations, especially in today's world with the you know the flexibility of yeah. the, the allowance of of for many industries and employees remote. Or just adjusted hours, right? Okay, maybe you stay late then for to get your to get your time in. Or you know, if your your job is not slacking, you're just not here. That's so. And, anyway. and it go there, there's you know the you've probably heard of the the theory X theory Y um, assumptions. You know, theory X assumptions being that people are lazy; they have to be told what to do. Uh, controlled, managed, theory why assumptions being that people do want to work, they want to contribute, they want to bring ideas and, and things like that. And if, if as a manager, you you see uh, this, this discipline conversation going to, they're opening up about a, a personal issue, a family issue. There are people out there who may abuse that kind of flexibility. No doubt. But if this person is legitimately going through some issues at home and you have to weigh the fact of, okay, I make an allowance. This person remains a contributor to our organization, or I don't make an allowance and I've lost an employee. Either I've lost their heart or they leave. Right. That's a, that's a pretty significant decision. So anyway, that kind of took it to a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. Yep. Um, we're gonna have to talk about your uh, slacking off at work, though. So I know, right? We'll we'll do that. We'll do that after. I just don't like to it. wake up early, and that's why I like to, <laughs> to work every day. I'm I'm Winston Churchill. I wake up when I want to wake up. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Leader Link Podcast. If you like what you heard, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we want to know what you want to hear about when it comes to leadership. You can leave us a comment or send an email to info at jcleadershipconsulting.com. And we'll see you next time.